This is the Man in a Room podcast. The other day whilst I was in the shower, I found a massive great bruise on my thigh. I was like, where's this bruise come from? That's a big bruise. It's got to come from somewhere, surely. They just magically appear, do they? Hello, thank you for joining me for this episode of Man in a Room. How is it going? I feel pretty chill and pretty relaxed today, I'm not going to lie. You know, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I've started walking to and from work. I have since now got a new bike and it's amazing. But I've been bitten by the bug of of, uh, walking about, and it's actually quite nice, just exploring the area and all that kind of thing. And um, it's something I've I've loved over the years, to be fair, but it's something that I don't do a lot. I mean, I live in a town. Towns aren't particularly great places to go for walks because, oh, look, there's a pavement. Oh, look, there's a road to cross. Other suburban areas, I don't know, just like, oh, look, there's, there's a house. Oh, there's a zebra crossing. It's not relaxing. Everyone's in a rush. And it's like, do you know what? It's not ideal. So what I try and do is I try and find a place where I can walk. And it turns out that even in towns, there are places you can go where you can hear birds singing and all that kind of stuff. And it's great. I mean, I was very surprised. I mean, I don't know London that well, to be fair. Or other cities. Let's not mess around. There are places out there um, in cities where there are just literally just fields of just grass and just open space and it's absolutely lovely uh, obviously famously uh, the was it central park in new york is it central park the place where john lennon's memorial thing is the strawberry fields i don't know like you see all this built up area from the from the sky then suddenly there's a massive mass of just green and hippies you know and um so yeah, I've managed to find a few places around this area like that, which is quite nice. And um, I've, I've started incorporating it with a, a bike ride, and then I walk my bike because you know I need to get to the need to get to the place first. You know, incorporate like a, it's kind of like a half bike, half walk kind of thing. Take like a little flask of coffee, maybe a sandwich, depending on how long I'm going to be there. I don't actually know. Although I will say this, I will never pack cheese and tomato sandwiches. Because I don't like it when the tomato goes all weird. Whenever you pack a tomato in a sandwich, it goes all weird. Like it gets this weird consistency. And it sort of goes all warm and sort of soggy all at the same time. And also a little bit tough. Like it just toughens up somehow. I don't know. It just uh, changes its state. And it's like, well, that's not what I put in my sandwich. And then like I say, all oh, the bread goes all soggy and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I have learned over the years that... What you can do, you can layer up the different layers. And then, you know, as an example, if you uh, wedge, uh, you know, the tomato slices inside, I know lettuce and ham, then you're actually all right because the the liquid from the tomato doesn't go through to the bread. But again, that takes pre-planning, and you know, it's not really something that you don't always have lettuce and ham in your fridge, you know. And uh, I know you're sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, but aren't you a vegetarian? Yes, I am. Look, right, let's just get this out of the way, yeah? I'm a vegetarian, yeah? I have been for about four years, okay? And uh, whenever I mention in this podcast that I'm eating some sort of meat, be it ham, 
be it chicken, be it beef, beer, whatever, assume, assume it's probably corn or uh, some other name brand. <laughs> other name brands are available. Uh, do you know, that's one of those annoying tropes that you see on TV. It's like, oh yeah, other, other brands are available. <laughs> Shut up. We know. It's like, it's a funny joke, isn't it? The BBC have perpetuated over the years. I can say what I want on this, uh, and I don't really want to, so I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to lie today. It's boiling hot in the studio. Whew. It's a scorcher. It's a scorcher. In fact, do you know what? Let's open the window a little bit. There we go. A little bit of a, little bit of a breeze in. Hopefully the blind doesn't get knocked about too much because that'd be slightly annoying. You might hear buses go past, but there we go. There's a car now coming past. You see, no matter how I record this show, no matter where I am, in my last flat, I had like motorbikes going past. I live right next to a bus stop, so it's going to be guaranteed uh, bus stop noises, which is fine. I love bus stops. Anyway, gone from a r random tangent there, seagulls. Um, so, yes, I've been going for walks recently. I've actually been really enjoying it. I just like taking in the slow pace of just walking and sort of, like I say, just being like... What can I smell? What can I hear? And all that kind of stuff. And it's been really, really nice. And the fun thing is, is that I found this spot a good few years ago. And uh, it's just like, it's, it's just mad because I lived very near it for about five years. Didn't know it was there. And then on a moved house, I found it was right nearby. I was like, you it's literally just a massive, massive, lovely scenic walk. There used to be a railway near where I lived. And uh, obviously it doesn't exist anymore. Damn you, Dr. Beeching. Uh, you can Google that if you want. Um, well, basically, the, the dudes shut the railways and all that kind of stuff for whatever reason. I'm assuming monetary reasons. But obviously these places that exist. And so it's like a nice little walk. There's all hills and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, it's a nice sort of area. And there's just something about sitting on a, on a on a field that just, you know, I'm sitting there with my coffee, with my sandwich, and I'm like, yeah. Start, like, sort of picking little blades of grass and sort of just throwing them about. Oh, there's a daisy. Is there enough to make a daisy chain? Yes. Excellent. Start making a daisy chain. What am I going to do with a daisy chain afterwards? I'm probably going to bin it. Not really going to use it for anything. I'm not going to wear it, am I? So it's like, yeah, just pick a couple, thread a few through, and then it's all like, yeah, that's all right. And just sort of just sitting there, sort of then noticing the bugs that are around me and all that, because there's always, always flies. I hate flies. Just flies are the worst. You know, it's against my beliefs to kill insects and bugs and other things, but I always make an exception for flies, yeah? Don't like them. Flies annoy me. They're just the most pointless thing ever, you know? And um, I don't know, so there's like some on the floors, like some ants and some other bugs. Other bugs, I don't know what they are. It's just a nice, beautiful time and all that kind of thing. And I'm looking around, and I notice there's no one around me. I thought, I'm actually pretty secluded right now. This is actually quite nice. Like, I'm probably, you know, the most furthest I've been from anybody in ages. This is actually quite nice. Not going to argue with that. So, um, I then noticed that there was a slight hill. There's a slight hill. And I thought, oh, okay... It's a hill. When I was a kid, I used to really love rolling down hills. Lots of fun. I remember uh, one summer going around my cousin's house, and there was this. Uh, there was a bin, and we managed to get this bin, the top of the bin, like a round bin, like a litter bin, 
uh, off the bin and we would climb inside the, the bin casing, which was like a cylinder, and roll down the hill. Now, I know that probably wasn't a good idea. In hindsight, really not a good idea because of obviously bacteria, but I'm okay. I think I've got a pretty good immune system. Maybe because of the maybe because of my bin rolling days, I just don't know. And so, you know, I thought, well, something really to stop me from rolling down this hill right now. I'm kind of tempted. No one's here. No one's going to see me and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I thought, well, why, why not? If, if someone does come and see, uh, come and see this, this full-grown adult just rolling down a hill on his side... They probably won't judge me too harshly, you know. I'm not, I'm not as if I'm like smoking crack anywhere, is it? It's not as if I'm spray painting a large cock on a wall. I'm just going for a quick roll. And what's wrong with going for a quick roll? So I'm all like, okay. So got to the top of the hill. And then um, I was like, right, here we go. Psyching myself up for it, thinking, right, I'm, I'm probably going to feel very dizzy because I've noticed as I've gotten older... Uh, even the smallest amount of spinning makes me feel really dizzy. I went on uh, one of those kids' roundabouts to make my my nieces and nephew laugh. Oh, I felt sick as a dog, um, literally for ages. And I thought, well, you know, it's, I'm rolling down. I'm rolling down this hill. Going to make a deal with God to swap our places. And that's a that's a reference there to that song from Stranger Things. <laughs> um, Obviously, it's just Kate Bush running up that hill, in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, because, you know, that was a few months ago that that was a thing. Um, things die very quickly these days. Um, so I got to the top of the hill. I thought, right, here we go. Bike at the bottom of the hill. I'm at the top of the hill. Tuck in. I, I tuck in, you know, like a cross my arms across my chest. But here we go. Start rolling down. Notice on my, uh, my first... Um, rotation, as it were, that I've got some keys in my pocket, and I thought, ah, that hurts. So I basically end up rolling down a hill on top of my on top of my door keys, and um, I thought, well, that was fun, wasn't it? Um, felt dizzy as I was expected, obviously. Why wouldn't I? And it turns out, right, without me knowing, it took me days to realise this. Days, days. When I say days, I mean days, yeah? Not one, two, at least, three, maybe. That's where I got this massive random bruise from on, from on my thigh. I was like, oh, that's what that's from. When I rolled down that hill, you know? that's what my, it's, it's from that. Because then what I thought, well, you know, just to, just to see if my, if my theory was correct, I popped my, my door keys in my pocket, and I pressed it slightly, and oh, look, exactly where that bruise is. Case solved. Call off the police. We know what's going on. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'll be back after this very short break. Who is the man? Where is the room? It's some guy you've never heard of in a room you've never been in. So, as I mentioned before, I do like being outside and all that kind of stuff. And um, I've actually recently moved to a place that has a patio door, and it's really nice because I can sit here in the summer, wide open, breeze coming in. It's like being outside, but being inside is really, really good. And uh, it's really good. Like I said, I'm really enjoying it. Just the nice, gentle summer breeze as it goes through the trees and into my my door is actually really nice. However, 
It is also asking for a lot of bugs. And I'm usually okay with bugs on that kind of stuff. But flies, oh, flies, they're doing my head in. They really are. So, like, they've got all the worlds, right? They've got everywhere. There's so much roadkill rabbits out there. You know, there's seagull carcasses. Go after them. Why are you coming in here to bug me, to fly into my face, get tangled up in my beard, you know? What's that all about? They've got all the other... They've got so much other places to go, but no. They want to pester me. And, you know, it's it's kind of a strange one for me because, you know, I'm as I said before, it's, it's against my uh, beliefs to kill things. I don't like killing things. And um, I do make a slight exception, and that exception is flies. Because... Um, I think it's it's a it's a fair playing field with flies. It's actually quite difficult to kill flies. If you walk around right with a rolled up newspaper, it's so difficult swatting a fly. It's they're, they're just so quick. They are so quick. It's actually ridiculous. They're like literally they see you, bang, they're gone, gone. Like yeah, so it's fair game. And it's you know there's there's a, there's obviously this whole thing about evolution and all that kind of stuff saying like if uh, a specific creature has um lots of offspring at once it means that it's expected that a lot of them will probably uh die off or perish to some way shape or form be it through their own stupidity or just being predated by other by other animals and you know as far as i'm aware on the food chain, flies don't really offer us anything as a species. And there's so many of them, they're not endangered and all that kind of stuff. And I figure that, you know, if they're stupid enough to let me kill them, then it's fine. Again, I don't enjoy doing it um, because, you know, there's a certain amount of cleanup involved and all this kind of stuff. They're just, they're just rubbish. They, they feast on shit and they're just annoying. They're just annoying. They, you know, I'm, I can be sitting there watching TV, minding my own business, landing on my face, landing on my face, landing on my face. There's a cushion right next to me. Land on the cushion, yeah? Watch TV together. Now you want to keep flying at me. I'm sitting here in my shorts, landing on my leg. Why? They've got all their, they've got the rest of this flat to explore, you know? Go to the bathroom. That smells like, like dookie in there. Maybe go in there. And it's got to the point now where, you know, I, I thought myself, well... I'm probably going to have to get some sort of fly spray. Oh, yeah, but that's bad for the environment. Shut up. Um, so I don't know if you've ever used fly spray. Um, it's it definitely an experience. And basically all you have to do is you have to, you have to spray a fly with it. It's very simple. The instructions here say, uh, shake well before use, hold can upright, and spray directly at insect for two to three seconds from 60 to 90 centimetres away. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to fly, uh, spray a fly from 60 centimetres away for two to three seconds because as soon as you get close to them, right, they're flown off, okay? They fly off really, really quickly. Two to three seconds, they've usually gone out of the vicinity within like 0.5 of a second and it's like, okay, so uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just pointless, um, this can is still pretty much full because I, I can't seem to actually get these these things. Um, but do you know what? The other day there was actually a bit of a freak accident in my flat, and I felt so bad. So as I mentioned before, um, I have the patio door open, and this lovely breeze wafts in. I love a good air out. And there's something sad about me. It's like that's a dude that likes to air his flat out, and I love it. However, there was a bit of a weird through draft that happened, and my shower curtain got sucked up to my bathroom window 
was, and I heard all this, all this like clanking and clattering around and that kind of stuff because it, it knocked a whole bunch of stuff off my shelf, off my shelf, off, off my windowsill. And what happened? Somehow, I don't know how this happened. A bottle of shower gel squashed a wasp. And I was like, oh my god, I was, what's that noise? I heard this like this noise. I thought, well, I can't see a wasp or a bee or a fly anywhere around here. And as I was picking up all the different bits and pieces, I saw this poor broken wasp underneath. And I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do? You know, that's that's not something like... Okay, so as far as animal like bugs and stuff go, bees, I'll let them get on with what they want. Wasps, they do scare me a little bit. Because they're vicious little buggers, right? They like to sting people for a laugh. You know, that's what they do. Um, and I, I, I don't know if they collect pollen or anything like that, or if they're as, in, as endangered as, as bees. But all I know is that there's this old wives' tale that they release some sort of pheromone or something like that. So when they're in danger or they've been squashed or something like that, they release this thing and all the wasps in the area, they come around like a flock of seagulls and we're like, and that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh dear, I need to get rid of this wasp humanely and, you know, try and sort of not attract any wasps. And I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Because I thought, I can try and rescue it, but it looks pretty mangled. You know, it, it's still still doing stuff, but it doesn't look in a good way. I'm not taking a wasp to a vet because that's just stupid and it'll cost me a fortune and to be fair, I don't live near a vet and it's just a ridiculous idea. Oh, maybe you should get some sugar water. Thought about that briefly. No. So, okay, so what am I going to do with this wasp? Um, in a way that it won't attract any suspicion from all the other wasps in the area. So I thought, well, what I could do? I could maybe... You know, be respectful as well, because like I say, it's, it's a, you know my beliefs are very important to me, and I don't really want to, um, you know, kill stuff unnecessarily, unless it's a fly, obviously, because flies are rubbish. So it's like, oh, well, I could do maybe I could just kick it over a hedge, because that way, uh, it will one, it will stun the wasp, um, and it won't be dead, and then it'll be on the other side of this hedge, and then all the wasp will be over there. And I thought, no, kicking a wasp in the face maybe wouldn't be the best thing. To do it just seems it just seems cruel, really. And I thought, oh, what about a Viking burial? I live near a river. What I could do, I could make like a little paper boat, right? I'm pretty good at that. Put the wasp on the boat and float it out to uh, out on the river, just under the current. I thought that's a nice idea. But then I thought to myself, well, it'd be really confusing for the wasp. Part one, so it'd be like really like why why am I now floating away? This is really weird. And um, also getting the wasp on the said boat is going to be an issue because I have to try and pick it up or try and scoop it up somehow. Then I have to walk down to the river and be all like, mm, you know what I mean? Attracting suspicions. Like, why is that Why is that guy carrying a wasp on a paper boat? He's a bit weird. Let's never talk to him. And I thought, okay, so that's not going to happen. So what I actually did was I thought I will, you know, be as respectful as I can, and I'll just bury the wasp in my garden. Um, but I would feel bad just letting it sort of die uh, under underground, because that's just mean. Because there's this thing that Edgar Allan Poe said years ago, that man's greatest fear is being buried alive, and I don't want to inflict that on a wasp. Okay, I know they're not as cognitive as human beings, however, it does seem a bit cruel. So what I did was, I thought, right, going to... Dig a little hole, ready, 
and I'm going to put the, the wasp next to the hole, ready. And as it may or may not want, I thought I'd give it a little ceremony. So I started reading it, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And the thing is, though, is I don't really know what chapter to start reading, especially when it's a wasp. So I just started reading at it, and I'm reading out loud and all that kind of stuff, just to help it through the, through the, uh, through the veil of life into death, in the hope that it will come back as, I don't know, a bee or something like that. And I you know, sat there, cross-legged on the floor, with a wasp and a hole, ready to go, lit some incense, read the Tibetan Book of the Dead at it, sort of kept looking over at it, and then it died. And as I stopped moving, popped it in the little hole, buried it, went inside, had a cup of tea. Um, so yeah, uh, it was yeah. That, so that's that's how I spent an afternoon. Um, it, it took a little while to die. I'm not going to lie; it's actually quite surprising how long it took to die, actually. But it's quite a resilient wasp. Maybe it could have been saved. I don't know. Um, there is a reason why they've been around for years and there's a reason why they don't die when they sting people so they are like well hard aren't they anyway um, thank you for joining me for this episode of Man in a Room um, hope you have a good rest of your week and I will see you soon if you enjoy the show and want more content such as bonus episodes and live streams head over to patreon.com slash man in a room and sign up for as little as a pound a month You don't have to, but I'd appreciate it.